I yield back the balance of my time. Mr. Chairman, I have a parliamentary inquiry. Um, the gentleman is not recognized. I do want to comment, uh, and I Mr. Chairman, I have a point of order under HRES 660. The gentleman will state her point of order. Uh, the point of order is, will the chairman continue to prohibit witnesses from answering Republican questions, as you've done in closed hearings and as you did this week when you interrupted proper, our questions? That is not a proper point of order. The gentleman will, sus will suspend. Mr. Speaker, chairman, I have a point of order. The gentleman is not recognized. The gentleman is not recognized. The gentleman is not recognized. I have a point of order, though. The gentleman is not recognized. <laughs> I do want to respond. I allowed the ranking member to... I have a point of order. I, the gentleman is not recognized. Mr. Chairman, there are four transcripts that have not been released. The gentleman is not recognized. Holy the ranking cow. member was allowed to exceed the opening statement, and I was happy to allow him to do so. I do want to respond. I, I'm sorry you had to hear that HC bomb. We probably should have bleeped that out. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Jim there might Jordan, be kids in the car. Jim Jordan oh, said, ranking member, holy cow. Jim Jordan said, holy cow. I like when he says it slower and louder, like that would help. I have a point of order. <laughs> Gentleman's not recognized. Pencil neck. <laughs> okay, so we have some actual interesting stuff going on here. That's what we're shooting for. So this is from the hearing today. That's just a portion of it there, arguing back and forth. You got the ambassador lady, who's the ambassador to Ukraine from the United States. She got fired by Trump and Giuliani. Mm -hmm. Trump tweeted during her testimony and, mm. sa and said what, Joe? Uh, several things, but everywhere Marie Ivanovich went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Then fast forward to Ukraine, where the new Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her in my second call with him. It is the U.S. president's absolute right to appoint, ambas appoint ambassadors, which is absolutely true. But the idea that she's to blame for Somalia? Well, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, and the president's bad-mouthing her during the testimony. And Ed O'Keefe from CBS... Right, as she testifies, the president of the United States is, is, is bad-mouthing her, yes. Uh, uh, Ed O'Keefe from CBS News said he talked to a senior Republican official who said that's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Trump tweeting, this it's is... Not. But listen to this. This is what Brett Baer just said on Fox. This whole hearing turned on a dime when the president tweeted about her real time. And during the questioning... Adam Schiff stopped the Democratic questioning to read the president's tweet to her and get her response. Now, that enabled Schiff to then characterize that tweet as intimidating the witness or tampering with the witness, which is a crime, adding essentially an article of impeachment real time as this hearing is going on. That changed this entire dynamic of this first part of this hearing, uh, and Republicans now we're going to have to take the rest of this hearing uh, to probably try to clean that up. As of a few months. There you go. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. I know Donald Trump doesn't need my advice. He's been uh, very successful using his gut instinct. But, dude, this was going to be a snoozer today. This was going to be a snoozer on a Friday. People aren't going to sit down and watch highlight clips from cable news tonight when they get home. Nobody would ever heard any of this stuff. And it was just a repeat of stuff she said last week anyway. Right. And now you've jumped into it and added a layer of excitement and possible actual legal problem. That uh, makes a headline. Intimidating a witness. I don't know how weak or strong that is, but at least it's something to talk about. Right. On the Democrat side. when, when it, Like I said, it could have been a snoozer. <laughs> he can't help himself sometimes. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's something. Okay. Oh, boy. So I'm, I'm assuming Brett... If, if Trump loses, it will, because, it will be because of... 
Trump exhaustion syndrome. You mean if he loses the election, yes, not the impeachment? He, uh, yeah, yeah, the... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, the impeachment thing is not going to happen. Um, even this, which I agree is just such a bad idea, but um, it will be supporters and would-be supporters who just, they're thinking, you know, I'd much rather have him than somebody else, but for God's sake, this is stressful. And not turn out, probably. Right, just not turn out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they um, won't vote for whatever, you know, lame Democrat is, is finally on the ticket, which reminds me, oh man, if you didn't hear the chunks of our conversation with Mark Alpern, and you can stay tuned, uh, stay tuned. Um, him talking about the Democrat field and how the Democrats are just terrified right now. Um, the way presidential elections work, I think by the time you get to next November, the, 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 the dislike of the other side will be so high, everybody will turn out. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you're probably right. Um, uh, back to this. Uh, I, Brett Baer's not the kind of guy that would have run with that unless somebody was in his ear thinking that's kind of real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, um, you know, well, one, it's not MSNBC. It's Fox and two, Brett Bears are really a steady dude. He's not a um, just tries to get attention sort of guy. So I'm thinking somebody was in his ear saying this. This has some potential legs here. This as a problem. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm thinking about how much how how steady its legs are. And the the point of his first tweet is she's bad at her job. The most powerful person on earth. While you're testifying, because he does not like your testimony, it could be argued, I'm thinking about this from an attorney's point of view or from the Democrat's point of view, is trying to assassinate your character and or your uh, professional credentials. That does sound like intimidation. What if you said the only reason she knows about it is because you told her? I didn't think she was going to check her Twitter during her testimony. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And and I also am confused because I'm not a lawyer. To what extent this is a courtroom or not? Tampering with a witness sounds like a courtroom thing. Right. But like the other day, I was talking about how they, the, the Democratic guy was really good at leading these people to try to get them to speculate on things, which you can't right. do in a real courtroom. Right. But he was doing it all the time in this because it's not a courtroom. Well, both sides are using that uh, back and forth all the time, and, and some of the common folks are buying into it. When it suits them, they insist that the United States Evidence Code is in full effect. And then when it doesn't suit them, they say, this is not a court. This is a hearing in Congress. This is an impeachment. <laughs> Both sides are doing it back and forth. Oh, awesome. Trying to shape well, the gentleman you. No, I will not yield to this monkey court or whatever this thing this is. This is not a monkey court. This is a kangaroo court. There's no feces throwing in a kangaroo court. For instance, you're allowed to bring your child in a pouch. Monkey court is completely different. <laughs> it's a whole different area of the law. See, you didn't almost go to law school, so you don't know this stuff. Kangaroos rarely throw feces. Monkeys do. Right, kangaroo will beat the hell out of you, too. There's of course, difference. so will a monkey. That's a commonality between them. So the story is... Chew your face off and change your haircut. So Giuliani tells Trump, hey, this Yovanovitch woman is going around saying bad stuff about you, which a lot of people around the world were saying bad stuff about Trump. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know... It, unbelievable. It's, oh, no, it's, it's far from impossible. His secretary of state, it sounds like, or was saying bad things about him in, behind closed doors. Right. Um, so if you got wind of that as president, well, screw her. I'd fire her, too, if I thought she was bad-mouthing me. She says she wasn't, which she might not have been, and Giuliani just played that card knowing 
he'd get a reaction out of Trump. That's my suspicion. That's what you think happened? Yeah, because his buddies in Ukraine were saying, hey, anything you can do about this chick? His knuckle-draggers? Help you out, but there's something... Uh, what's that? His knuckle-dragger buddies? That's an unfair characterization of those uh, fine fellows, Jack. <laughs> Look, but they live next door to an oligarch. They became friends. But even if that's all true, yes, that certainly is not impeachable. So I fired. No. It turned out she wasn't bad mouthing me. Yeah, that was yeah that's funny. I, <laughs> guys, I trust were telling me she was. I feel bad about that. No, that's not even within a hundred miles of impeachable. I could fire because I don't like the color of her hair if I wanted to. So, um, anyway, I, that that'll be an interesting angle to follow. Brett Baer's first sentence there was: "This whole hearing turned on a dime when Trump tweeted about her because mm. it might be tampering with a witness." So wow, we'll see. Yeah, Schiff feels like he's got a nice juicy piece of meat there. He's going to chew on it for a while. We'll see. Good stuff. They're going to send old uh, Marie Ivanovich home. Hey, hey, thanks. Uh, we're we're moving on here. The... Oh, hey, hey, that's right. This is what I want to know. I demand to know. I have a right to know. Is there any truth to the, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg rumors of yesterday afternoon that she might be on her way out for health reasons finally? On her way out of... Existence? No, or of the, the Supreme Court? Uh, Supreme Court and judging. Because that's uh, Hanson, our executive producer, was tweeting about that yesterday, like he's the dang uh, Weekly World News. Has anything emerged, or <laughs> no, is I, that a momentary rumor? Uh, she was sick. She missed uh, s- s- some work. Yeah, but a little I, stomach ailment. I couldn't come say. across anything that was uh, uh, serious. I mean, anytime... I mean, can you imagine if that got, that got injected into the middle of this? We're simultaneously doing impeachment. The Democratic primary too much, and and Mitch McConnell explaining why. Well, this time in an election here, we are going to appoint a new judge. The heads on Mount Rushmore would explode. <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> I dread it, but I want it so much. <laughs> and I would never root against that brave, plucky lady, best friends with Antonin Scalia. Never. We got to tell you about uh, the DA in San Francisco, and this is a, this is a national story because this can show you how. Why you need to turn out to elections? Oh yeah, this uh, you can't believe how crazy this is, my friends. And uh, we'll have all the crazy, crazy facts for you next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Harry Potter fans, a Canadian company has invented an invisibility cloak, and it looks like a real thing. So that's cool. Super. My birthday is just around the corner, everybody. Stay tuned for info on that. Trump tweeted at somebody being questioned during the impeachment hearing today, and uh, that's uh, caused a little bit of a dust-up. Marshall will have more of that. In his news on the way. You know what? And and I have the flip side of the coin. Trump, I think, caused himself tremendous trouble with this tweet. Then seconds later, he unleashed a brilliantly Trumpy, super smart, great example of why he's so effective tweet. You know, it's just, he's something. Anyway, we'll talk about that during the news in just a few uh, few moments. So, I don't know if you're following the story. We've touched on it briefly a couple of times, but the people of San Francisco uh, just elected as district attorney 
the person, the head cop in the city, a Marxist, son of the weather underground and Hugo Chavez, who essentially doesn't believe in prosecuting criminals. And it's a big deal because when I had my uh, my family had to run in with the homeless guy and then I started dealing with people in the city and the county and this sort of stuff, a lawyer was talking to me and saying, look, it's all about what the DA prioritizes. And the, if the DA doesn't prioritize, you know, this sort of thing, then these people don't go to jail. Right. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize, you know, the extent to which that was a judgment call by a person. But it is. So this guy won. Uh, they have like, uh, what's it called? The tiered choices? The uh, you, Ranked. Ranked choices, yeah. You, you put, here's my first choice, but if they get uh, eliminated, here's my second, here's my third choice. It's a weird, weird, complicated voting system. But So this guy got elected over the mainstream Democrat gal who was saying, look, quality of life is plunging in the city. we got to do something about this. You've seen the national stories. Tucker Carlson talks about this all the time. The poop in the streets, the needles everywhere. You can't walk away from your car. It gets broken into before you get very far away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, famously, my my brother transferred by the Navy 10 minutes into his stay in San Francisco. His car was broken into and all of his family's stuff stolen. 10 minutes. And nothing will happen ever. Cops don't. Well, it's not that the cops don't care. Their hands are tied. And I think you're going to see a mass exodus of San Francisco PD officers unless this election or this guy gets booted out. But anyway, real quickly, um, raised by weather underground activists, terrorists, the terrorists. His dad is uh, in jail probably for the rest of his life for the murder of two police officers and a security guard in a uh, weather underground armored car hijacking. Um, his granddad was an attorney for Fidel Castro. This guy uh, worked as a translator for Hugo Chavez and has publicly praised the the late uh, dictator of Venezuela. Um, he has never prosecuted a case. He was a uh, public defender, which is honorable work, by the way, and underfunded, and I have a great deal of sympathy for those people. Um, but he's never prosecuted a case, and he has vowed to end any prosecution of quality of life crimes, including public camping, offering or soliciting sex, public urination, blocking a sidewalk. I absolutely can promise you he's not going to go after drug dealing. That's already... He, his. You have uh, Honduran cartels, is it? On every, every street corner in certain parts of uh, San Francisco, operating openly, selling hard drugs. He actually said <laughs> out loud when he won, the tough-on-crime era is over. That was the tough-on-crime era? Right. Poop and and needles in your car gets broken into? And the city's resources, he argues, would be better spent targeting police misconduct and corporate crime. The San Francisco Police Officers Association, like uh, many people, is horrified by this guy's election um, and is is vowing opposition. And, And they're pointing out that the prostitution thing... To the extent that the SFPD goes after prostitution, it's not because they care about somebody administering an act of uh, pleasurement in exchange for a bit of money. It's that that happens at the fringes of and overlapping with the most horrific sorts of sex trafficking, of rape slavery, of foreign nationals, of underage girls, of underage boys, the sexual exploitation of children. Um, All of that stuff is, is intertwined. And that's why they prosecute prostitution. Um, and this is uh, this is just extraordinary. And and where it goes, I mean, if this guy stays in office for long enough, you could see the trends everybody's been talking about nationwide in San Francisco 
just hitting a new gear of of more and more open lawlessness. This guy is squarely from the camp of if somebody steals your car, it's because they needed your car more than you do. And you should be glad that they did because you've helped a poor person. They're absolutely crazy. So we'll have to see where this goes, but the SFPD is up in arms. I just met a kid who was, um, he's just starting the process of becoming a, a police officer in San Francisco. He's already been accepted and the rest of it. And um, I, I would love to have his phone number and ask him what he thinks of all this. Or what people are saying to him. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't give you this guy's name. It's uh, Andy. I'm sorry. Chesa, Leon Trotsky. Uh, Chesa Bodine. B-O-U-D-I-N. 39-year-old Marxist attorney. Unreal. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Alley impeachment inquiry. More twists, turns, and tweets. A bum explosion update for you. 95% of one major city's voters say it is the number one problem facing them today. And North Korea is calling a U.S. politician a rabid dog who must be beaten to death with a stick. Oh, yeah, this is a good story. Coming up. I'm I'm fairly certain the people of San Francisco in recent polls have said the same thing, that this is the number one problem, and this new guy has vowed we're not going to do anything about it. In fact, the opposite. Well, Mercury's in retrograde. That's what's going on. We're going to talk to Lon He Chen, who's a pretty good pundit, about uh, what, how he thinks that this whole thing is going. And uh, then we... What got, whole thing? <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> and, you know, and it gets Ladies to Ladies and a, gentlemen, this is a tired man. And you know what the whole thing is, because as, um, as Mark Halperin told us, and we're going to play some of that next hour uh, from our podcast, one of the hard things about beating Trump is he doesn't dominate the news. He is the news. Mm. When I say the whole thing, that is what America is now. The Trump story. We all live in the Trump story. Whether you like it or not, you live in the Trump story. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, the latest on the impeachment stuff and everything else. Now in the news with Marshall Phillips. Well, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee is accusing President Trump of witness intimidation in real time. During the hearings with the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Yovanovitch, Adam Schiff read President Trump's tweets from this morning. Mr. Yovanovitch, uh, as we sit here testifying, the president is attacking you on Twitter. Um, and I'd like to give you a chance to respond. I'll read part of one of his tweets. Everywhere Marie Yovanovitch went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Uh, he goes on to say... Uh, later in the tweet, is a U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors. So, so what's the intimidation, though? What would he be intimidating her to do, to, to not talk? Or? Uh, assassinating her character yeah. in public. To hurt her professional prospects and her reputation. To intimidate her. That's the allegation. Hmm. I'm not a lawyer enough to know if that counts as intimidation or not. Well, uh, Brett Baer on Fox said the the whole hearing turned on a dime on that, so uh, they thought so on that side also. Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's a lot like you know if 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 I was stealing uh, office supplies, um, and I said to you, if you say anything, I'm going to tell people you beat your wife. I'm just assassinating your character. 
I suppose what Brett Baer was getting to is whether it is intimidation or not, that's going to be the hearing the rest of the day, perhaps. I think you're right. The Democrats are going to hammer that over and over, and the Republicans are going to have to come up with a way to parry that. So, from the Department of You Can't Get the Good Trump Without the Bad Trump, apparently, seconds later, he tweets a completely Trumpian and brilliantly effective message. Another record stock market, 21 times this year, despite an ongoing and totally unfounded witch hunt and a Democrat party that would love to see a nice, big, juicy recession. In actuality, the potential for the United States is unlimited. We will power through the do-nothing Dems. That is some great rah-rah stuff. His life would have been so much better. (laughs) common people. It's well said. His life would have been so much better if he'd have tweeted that one and not the other one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if he recognizes it, because it's been the most fascinating thing about him since he came on the stage. He'd have a huge victory, and then he'd do something that, you know, it's like shooting himself in the foot. Right. Um, and I wonder if he's aware of that. I'm kind of aware of that in my own life, when I when I make my life harder, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, the five-dimensional chess crowd would tell us, oh, no, no, he wanted to grab the headline. Hmm? The Marie Yovanovitch testifying thing was about her. Now it's about him again. That's how he controls the narrative. I'm not sure this was a good way to control it, but who knows? We'll see. The ongoing bum explosion, now officially the number one problem in Los Angeles. The L.A. Times poll finds 95% of voters say homelessness is now the city and county's biggest problem. 95% of people. Yeah, yeah sure. that, that that's something. You can't get ninety five percent of people to, to yeah. agree on anything. It's but a, if and if you're listening in places of the country where you don't have this kind of homelessness, if, if bums and junkies, I run up against it every single day. Mm-hmm. Already have today. Will more today. Ruining the quality of life in city after city. This is definitely a sharp change from earlier surveys of Los Angeles voters over the last dozen years. Usually your number one concern amongst uh, L.A. voters is uh, traffic congestion. Traffic congestion, things like that. Breast implants. Breast implants. Right. Collagen injections. Are they big (laughs) enough? Are my lips big enough? Are my eyes open enough? (laughs) Butt lifts. (laughs) Imagine, anybody who's ever spent more than 45 minutes in L.A., imagine a problem so severe it's supplanted traffic in people's minds. By almost everybody. Right. Right. Yes. As of this year, homelessness increased by 12% in L.A. County. It's just shy of 60,000 people, while in the city of Los Angeles, the number soared 16% to more than 36,000. Meanwhile, the new uh, district attorney in uh, San Francisco has vowed that there will be no crackdown. There will be less crackdown on bums, junkies, and criminals. I'm telling you. It's a heck of an experiment to witness. North Korea is calling former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden a rabid dog that must be beaten to death with a stick. So huh? far, so good. Go Get on. your chain, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put up with it, Joe. Get I'm your wrap this chain. chain around your head. Yeah. Get your straight razor, bang it on the curb. Yeah, then leave it out on a rain barrel. <laughs> you know how you used to do that? <laughs> head to North Korea. He's a, he's a what? He is a rabid dog that must be beaten to death with a stick. The state state news agency hit Biden over his age, saying the 76-year-old is in the final stage of dementia and that the time has come for him to depart his life. Is that the way you deal with dementia in North Korea? Let's hear him out. 
Starting to make some good points here. <laughs> yeah, there aren't any rabbits. Dogs don't live long enough to get rabid in North Korea because everybody's got to eat them because they're starving to death. Oh, that's funny, Sean. Let, let's hear him out. He's starting to make some pretty decent points about the whole He's dementia gonna, thing. North Cory Booker's going to hire him as a surrogate. North Korea goes on to say rabid dogs like Biden can hurt lots of people if they're allowed to run about. They must be beaten to death with a stick before it is too late. Yeah, that part's pretty gruesome. But what's that stuff about the he, he needs to depart this life? Or Yes. Uh, his mind is... The time has come for him to depart his life because okay. he's in the final stages of dementia. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. You just do it with, like, medical shots. You don't need to beat dogs to death. <laughs> mm, a little rough. Yeah, no kidding. What, you know... Almost makes you want to go to Venezuela and fire up the record player. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's your news. John Marshall, Felicity Armstrong, and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I would say this is as strange as these times can get, but I know know what that would get me. The universe would feel the need to humble me. A big, hot, frothing cup of comeuppance. Yes. What you get. Mm. Yum. A little pumpkin spice in there. <laughs> Tell you what, there's. I noticed uh, the creamer in the, the lunchroom. There was some pumpkin spice creamer in there. I was tempted. Ooh. To throw um, it out? <laughs> look at you wearing your Uggs with your scarf around your neck on a bitter, cold November day. <laughs> or my yoga pants. <laughs> your yoga pants. Oh, uh, boy. Lan oh. He Chen. Uh, oh, one yeah, of, right. One of, one of our fave... Uh, guys who talks about this sort of stuff will say well, his impeachment moved the needle, anything like that. Yeah, I've got a number of angles uh, to ask him about. We talked to Mark Halperin, who said some blockbuster stuff about the Democratic race in particular. I want to bounce some of it off Alan of He to see if he uh, agrees. And if you haven't heard Trump attacking Schiff's neck, oh boy. Uh, we'll play that for you when we come back. Before oh we talk to Lonnie on the Armstrong oh and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. So darn much stuff going on. Not all crazy, of, crazy stuff. And not all of it's stuff you need to pay attention to, but, you know, I, I, I have to keep reminding me, uh, reminding myself, as I, as I don't want to pay any attention to this, <laughs> that it is, it is happening. We are impeaching a president, it looks like, and that's only happened a couple of times, and uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal. Yes. Oh, yeah. Whether I'm bored by it or not, it's a pretty big deal. Well, it's uh, it is to a large extent big because it's been inflated. I don't think it's a good dense packed impeachment. It's a thin, thin inflated impeachment, and we'll go nowhere. Although the president may have made a a mistake with his tweet this morning. Let's uh, pursue that angle and others with Lon He J Chen. David and Diane Steffi, Research Fellow with the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, and host of the podcast, Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Lon He, how are you, sir? The campaign. Uh, are you there? Hello? Whoops, we got a, a button-pushing crisis in the control room being unknotted now. People will be fired and reprimanded. That's right. Lon He, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? 
Excellent. So we'd like to hear, uh, we'd like to play for you, rather, a brief clip of the president and then get your comment. Little yeah. shifty shift. He's got the little, little 10-inch neck. What size shirts do you need, Adam? I wear a size 9. Not the thick neckedness of <laughs> congressional leaders through history, Lon He. It's a fascinating uh, study. Uh, who's had the thickest neck among <laughs> America? I understand uh, Tip O'Neill had a very thick neck. Yeah. These are odd John, times, John, aren't they? John Boehner's neck was quite thick from all of that sun tanning he was doing. Boehner had a sturdy neck, no doubt. Oh, yeah. So we're just taking it in. What, what's on the top of your mind? Well, look, I mean, I think this is part of how the president plans to deal with this entire proceeding, which is to, to essentially say, look, none of this is legitimate. And to show you how illegitimate it all is, I'm going to talk about the guy's next side. And, and it's, you know, I mean, we, 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 we laugh about it and, you know, it's funny. And the president is, 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 is good, I think, at these kinds of deflections. But the reality is, you know, it's part of a strategy. It's part of a strategy to sort of minimize and demean the entire inquiry. And for his base, you know, I think, I think it works really well. Have the Democrats moved the ball down the field at all, in your opinion, impeachment-wise, uh, and or do you expect them to? I don't think they've changed anyone's minds. That's kind of the, the gauge that I use, you know, sort of people that might be convincible. And, and there are, you know, four or five people in the country who are convincible. Uh, you know, have they changed their minds because of what they've seen in the proceedings this week? And, and I don't think they have for two reasons. One is the, the proceedings get a little complicated and they get very wheezy very fast. And you can kind of lose the, the, the takeaway. And I'm not sure they've done a good enough job of that. And the second reason is I just think that there's so much else going on. We're heading into a a crowded season for for people's lives. The holidays are coming up. There's a lot of other things going on in the news. It's horrible uh, shooting yesterday down in Southern California. It's just such a crowded news cycle. I'm just not sure that they're making a whole lot of progress. And, you know, the next question is, well, what do they need to do to make progress? And I'm just not sure in the context of what they're doing now, given how polarized everything is, that they're going to be able to, 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 to move the ball down the field. So we really liked the news story this week when I don't know if it was a trial balloon or what, that uh, Senate Republicans may be looking to drag out their portion of it to keep Bernie and Elizabeth off the campaign trail for longer which is a weird switcheroo, and then we wonder if Democrats might be arguing, no, this is a sham, you need to hurry it up, this is no, and the whole thing will switch. Yeah, I mean, there's a really, I think we've talked about this before, there's a really interesting timing problem for these Democrats who are running for uh, for president, who are in the Senate, and you know, that's not just Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, there's also Cory Booker and and Kamala Harris, although it's easy to forget about them these days. Yes, less. Uh, yeah. So all of these guys, you know, they're going to have to be on the Senate floor while this is happening. And if the process drags out a little bit, that is going to prevent them from going on the campaign trail. But, you know, the problem is McConnell's got to weigh that against just sort of the reality that he keeps impeachment and keeps the proceeding kind of in people's front of minds the longer the process drags on. So I'm not sure there's an open and shut kind of answer for what the best – way to dispense of this is. Uh, so my sense is that McConnell's just going to kind of play it straight. He's just going to sort of, you know, once the impeachment stuff comes over, they're going to have their trial. They're, they're not going to dilly-dally, but they're also necessarily going to move incredibly quickly. 
and they'll get through what they need to get through and make sure that everyone has their chance to say their piece, and then that'll be that. Well, and to finalize the description of the triple reverse, I think it's probably in Republicans' interests to have Bernie and Liz on the campaign trail doing their very, very best. Because exactly. they're they're unelectable, which brings us to um, and and folks uh, staying tuned, we'll hear a bit of this next hour. But uh, we had a long conversation with Mark Halpern, who uh, has written a book about uh, what it would take to beat Trump, and he, he said the great unreported story is that the Democrats are in a panic because the people who are nominatable are not electable, and uh, and Biden, who's theoretically electable, is just unnominatable. He is he is just plunging. Would you agree that the Democrats are in a panic? Yeah, I think Mark's right. I think they they do have a challenge in that. And look, you're seeing this, right? You've got Deval Patrick, the former governor of Massachusetts, coming in this week. You have you know Bloomberg continuing to do his little striptease, whether he comes in or not, who knows? But that demonstrates to me a sense that Democrats a are very much concerned that Biden cannot win the nomination. And B, they're concerned that if Biden doesn't win the nomination, you're going to end up with Elizabeth Warren, uh, who I think it's fair to say her recent policy declarations have made her less and less elected. Yeah, absolutely. To a large general election public. That's <laughs> so, a problem for them. I'd say Halpern's reporting is that Chuck and Nancy, Bill and Barack, among other donors and leaders in the Democratic Party, none of them think that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders or Pete Buttigieg could beat Trump. And they don't think Biden can get the nomination. That's a rock and a hard place. Yeah, it is. And this has always been the doomsday scenario Democrats have have been concerned about. And this is why, you know, when you talk to people who handicap elections, they still say, look, given the economy, given everything where it is, Trump is still the favorite to win re-election. And the other big factor is Democrats cannot seem to get their act together to put at the front of their process somebody who is electable but who also kind of makes people swoon. Maybe the answer is that there's no such person out there and people just need to grow up and figure out, you know, who, what is the best available alternative. But amongst the people Hillary who are Clinton. right now, yeah, well, she thinks she's the best of them. I mean, you know, she came out and said, well, you never say never. You know, you always, I, I would never say never. I know what that um, means. I speak Clinton. Yeah, it, it, it means can I raise my fees some more for some speaking I'm doing? Oh, you think um, you think that was just know. a that you think that was just a keeper relevant thing that wasn't a keeper relevant. Okay. I mean, otherwise, who cares what Hillary Clinton thinks, right? So, so anyway, I think the broader issue that Democrats have is they don't currently have a candidate who checks all the boxes, and and it's a problem for them going into a election against an incumbent. That that is always a difficult. Uh, election to win, one where you're trying to knock off an incumbent. How would you rate Deval Patrick in terms of how seriously anybody should take his entry into the race? Briefly. Uh, I would say uh, between unseriously and very lightly serious. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, the high end is very lightly. I want to ask you, because you are a lawyer, if you're following the news of like the last hour, so Trump tweeted about this ambassador woman while she was testifying and now Schiff and the Democrats are going crazy that he tried to intimidate the witness. As a lawyer, does that does that sound like that's got any legs? Well, I mean, I feel like they've been – Democrats have pursued this sort of in, intimidating the witness route before during the Mueller investigation. And, you know, I think I think this is all just part of the, the, the Democrats' effort to – 
see whatever they can throw at Trump that sticks. I'm not sure this one has any legs any more than anything else that they throw at him, to be quite honest with you. So, I, I no, I don't, I don't take it seriously. That think, whole thing from you know, years ago, where, 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 where the whole uh, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. I used to think, well, that's you know, you're just that's an, a hyperbole, that's an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. If he shot somebody in Fifth Avenue and killed him, if there was even a reasonable reason he shot this person, he'd right. be fine. <laughs> politically. I don't know yeah. about legally, but yeah, politically, if there's, if you could just even kind of craft a little bit, well, you know, the guy had a criminal past, and, you know, Trump, the thought, loyal he, 40%? Trump yeah. thought he was going to come after his wallet, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, particularly amongst Trump's base, there is absolutely nothing that can stand between him and their support. He so, would not yeah, drop I mean, from it, 43% for shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue. Nope. I don't think. Nope. Nope. Or, or any of the other major thoroughfares in New York, really. Lon He Chen, David and Diane Steffi, research fellow at the Hoover Institution, Stanford University. Uh, more crazy times to come, Lon He, clearly, and we'll look forward to our next uh, discussion with you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So the breaking news right now is Roger Stone, the rat blanker of uh, <laughs> politics for decades and decades, has been found guilty on all seven counts. And what was he being charged with again? I Lying to somebody or other? Getting caught for a lifetime of doing things. Yeah. Having a Nixon tattoo on his back, that's got to be a crime, right? <laughs> Certainly a misdemeanor. <laughs> but uh, he's probably going to jail, so whatever. Close Trump associate Roger Stone, Jack. You live that life at the very end, you end up like, well, him and Manafort. You live those lives, that's how you end up. I think. Ouch. Don't you think? That's it's disappointing. <laughs> it happens. Armstrong and Getty.